if you are a Rocky fan, this is a must-see documentary by the greatest Rocky interpreter in the world. Setting ourselves up here is something special, you know, the next Our next guest is a uh, very funny gentleman making his debut with us tonight, and he will be performing all next week at the 25th Annual Montreal Comedy Festival. Please welcome Joe Matteris. Please welcome back uh, stand-up comedian Joe Matteris. Please welcome Joe Matteris, everybody. Joe Matteris. Here's a sign you're getting old, and I knew I was getting old. When you go to an empty bar and you go, I love this place. <laughs> that is why I had to do it in Philly. Right there. <laughs> Right in the front row, if you were wondering what a Philly fan looks like. It looks like Willie Nelson if he lived in Philly. Oh, yes. You like that, don't you, Mike? Hey, Mike likes is, it. This is something I could dance to a Friday night at the club. I'd be the only one dancing to it, but I would be dancing. I love this. I feel very happy when I hear this. It's like well, when I, I hear think, the theme for the office. I think it's gonna be our. Uh, I think it's gonna be our intro music for uh, our podcast. I mean, this is this is the first ever from pretender to contender, and uh, I got to be honest right at the top here, Mike. I don't know if I have dyslexia or what. Have you all week when I've been like uh, working on uh, you know everything for this podcast that you and I have yeah. been working on? I keep accidentally writing contender to pretender instead of pretender to contender, and I'm like, it's a good way to stop the music. I mean, yeah. Do you have do you have you been flipping it back and forth in your head? I'm not sure why that's happening to you. It's not like the words rhyme or anything. So I'm thinking, <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, I can see where that might flip. Um, I've been reading it. Okay. But you know, listen, the podcast is early. So, wow. And, and we just started and that was like our first visual, uh, did you catch that? We got a little bit of a, a glitch there, but you know, it, it's it's a perfect segue to start really what we wanted to talk about at the top of our very first From Pretender to Contender podcast, which is why we're doing the podcast. What made this podcast happen? How do yeah. you and I even know each other, right? Uh, and uh, that glitch <laughs> lets us know that uh, that we're you know we're not well, using Zoom, but we are visually not in yeah. the same place. I think it's time we let the audience know that we are actually developing a new cologne called Glitchy. When you're not feeling like yourself, when you're feeling a little off, you splash some of this on and it makes you feel normal again. <laughs> kind of like Beast Aftershave from Rocky II. <laughs> no, no, no. How many seconds in are we? Oh, we're two minutes, 44 right. seconds. I mean, technically, as soon as we turn the cameras on and we see your backdrop, uh, that that has to count as talking about Rocky in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so here's a little secret. People are going to be surprised who needs the meds and who's actually on meds. You're going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be reversed, okay? And you've never been on meds, right? Uh, asthma medicine. <laughs> that's, that's, it. It. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. It's been suggested by several people that I go on meds, but I figured, you know, I don't know. I'll save that for a more enlightened crew. Uh, and I'm sure people listening to uh, my version of uh, 
of a this is a new podcast for me and i that, some of the listeners will be my old listeners coming over to this new show so mm-hmm. if i stay away from talking about meds they'll probably be pretty psyched because uh you know that's what i talk about a lot on different iterations of everything I do as everything is very Rocky related with you. So uh, how do you propose that we, that we start this first episode here? Do you want to talk about how we first met? Do you want to talk about Corona and how it's affected our careers and what they are? What do you you think is a good place to start? Let's, let's, let's use a, a word that most people are very unfamiliar with coronavirus. So coronavirus is this, yeah, what is it? Interpl- it's an interplanetary interspecies disease that's hit the planet. Now, okay, so coronavirus hits and it deeply impacted our careers. And this podcast probably wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for coronavirus. And why so, is that? Why is that? Why you wouldn't have done a podcast? What, what, what would be different if there was no corona? And uh, I approached you. And wanted yeah, to so do the things that we're things. working on. I was, like yourself, Joe, I was very, very busy. I was doing about 40 tours a month, which at the end of the day, I'm so sick of hearing my own voice. A podcast would be like the last thing I wanted. But you had you were doing another podcast and you saw the pretender of documentary about my life and you thought, hmm, this guy is either mentally unstable or very interesting. And so we did a thing we did your podcast and it was a lot of fun and i thought we kind of bonded on a kindred spirit level and one thing led to another and i think we you came to me about an idea you had about a play you want to kind of talk about that well yeah let's well we could talk about the play but i mean uh to be honest when i first now, listeners that might not know Mike and not have heard him when he was on this old podcast that I did, Mike, uh, you know, there's a, he's the subject of this documentary called the, the Pretender, and it's on Amazon Prime, and I had seen it, and uh, to be honest, I'll, I'll, that's it's what works best on uh, podcasting is maybe when mm. you reveal something that you probably didn't even know this, but to be honest, when I asked you to do that podcast or one of my Mm. listeners asked you to do it he contacted you first this guy ron poliquin yeah he told me he was your manager did he yeah he used to contact people like people it was usually people he wanted on the podcast like he got he got me chuck wepner uh who went the distance with ali that the whole rocky movie is really written about and then he got me uh who was the guy that played the little guy in rocky no, Jimmy Gambino. He got me Jimmy Gambino, who played Rocky's corner man and gave him all the uh, all the uh, choreography to look like a boxer in the first movie. He got him, me him. And then uh, he's like, oh, you got to get this guy, Mike Kunda from The Pretender. And so uh, he goes, you should watch it first. So I watched it. And I got to be honest, you don't know this, but yeah, I knew when I watched that documentary that we were going to meet and work on something together because that was I was just like this is too coincidental that I'm writing a play about a guy who's really overly obsessed with Rocky and mm. then I, I see your documentary and I'm like wow <laughs> he lives this is this guy likes Rocky yeah. more than me and he knows more than me and I just had a feeling 
And I knew, you know, I'll interview him on my podcast and we'll see if that can uh, give me a connection to try to, uh, you know, work with him and stuff for other things. Because I just have a good vibe. Of, this guy seems so similar to me. <laughs> so and then uh, I called you months later, you know. Yeah. It was almost like when you get a girl's number and you know you should wait like three days if you like her a lot. Like I was like, okay, I'll wait. If I called you like the next day and went, I got to play. You want to be in it? It would have been too fast. So you know, a couple months went by and then I thought about it again and I was like, well, let's present it to him and see what he thinks. And but then- I was really excited to to after before the interview on your podcast. I knew that you. Uh, you had been working for a while in the in the comedian circuit, and you had been opening for for big acts. You'd open for Menescalco, and I know you had done very very well. I had seen some of your specials, and I just thought they were hysterical. Uh, your comedic timing, I thought, was incredible. But the thing about you that threw me for a loop, I, I did not expect this. You're a very evolved guy. I did not expect you. To be so perceptive of life, I thought you were nuts. Like I thought you had issues, and <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're like a very nice guy. You, right. you really were well, just a nice guy. Well, maybe that's what we had in common because that's what came through in the Pretender mm-hmm. documentary, and what a lot of people on social media, why they follow you and why they like you, is the the heart that comes through that you can tell this isn't this guy isn't a weirdo. And, you know, he might be the only person in the world or maybe, you know, it made me think otherwise, you know, you had to open up your stereotypes because in my head, I always thought Mm. anyone who's an impersonator of somebody else, like, has to be a little whack off right like yeah like i thought anyone who was like a elvis impersonator that you know that they look like elvis even when they're not elvis right like maybe the people that can get away with it i thought were the people that just look nothing like them in their real life but they add the sideburns and they put the big glasses on and the fucking cape and they can go you know but uh but not karate kicking in the grocery store line you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah right yeah but you uh but in that documentary uh, it really came through how uh, how great you were, how nice your wife was, how great, nice your parents were. And then when I met you in real life, which we've only met in person once, is when mm-hmm. you you gave me the Rocky tour, which you know some people might not even know yet. They because we're acting like they know that you give yeah. tours around Philly, but. You know, give them a quick. Like they don't know in Jakarta that I do a Rocky film tour. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, I I think I'm as internationally known as like Poughkeepsie, and that's about as far <laughs> as I go. <laughs> no, like, you told me you got fans in like Australia. I do. It's true. Yeah, all over the UK, Australia, um, you know, all over Canada, Mexico, New Zealand. I mean, it's, it's Rocky. That's the thing. You know. People love this simple, broken down character, Rocky, and it speaks to them. And I think one of the things we're going to be talking about on this podcast going forward is going to be the impact that this character has had on our lives and and the lives of people that listen to us. And I I think it's going to be kind of interesting, the views that we uh, come up with. But anyways, getting back to your idea of the play, you have this idea 
for a one-man play originally. It was originally right? a one-man play about yeah. how Rocky um, was going to be used to tell my life story. I mean, it, right. it, it had a lot of iterations. It started out as an airplane-esque, uh, you know, uh, for oh, people I didn't that know aren't. That. I like that. For, for people that aren't. Air, are younger and won't know what airplane is. At least they might know uh, what was the baseball one with uh, that was Leslie uh, Nielsen uh, with was Charlie Sheen. Yeah, where it, no, 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 Major what's, no. What's the one with Leslie Nielsen where it's like kind of that Naked same comedy? Gun. Naked Gun. So mm-hmm. Naked Gun similar. It's parodying something. You know. Then you right, saw right. we saw what was the other one that was like that the the movie the. Uh, Scream was like a parody of of scary movies, right? Right, right. So I thought that they had done a parody of sports movies. They did one, but they had never done one. Let's parody all the Rocky movies into one movie. So I started writing that. So it had all jokes. I mean, it was just like everything was a joke. Like when when he, instead of having, uh, you know, instead of having Rocky Marciano on his wall, He's got a picture of Bill Cosby because the guy wanted to be a comedian in the movie instead okay. of, you know, so that was like the thing. Instead of wanting to be a boxer, he wants to be a comedian and he's right. got Bill Cosby, you know, and he's like fucking that thing happens in the news with Cosby. So he rips Bill Cosby off the wall and underneath is um, <laughs> who was the coach of uh, Penn State who got caught in all that shit and passed away. Oh, uh, Sandusky. No, the, the, uh, the bigger the bigger coach. Oh, Paterno. Guy. Paterno's picture is under is underneath, you know, and it just keeps getting worse. Like, nice. like it's got like jokes like that in it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Instead yeah, of yeah. Cuff and Link, it's it's Pryor and uh, Carlin, and oh, uh, it's nice. like that bit that I that I you know that bit that mm-hmm. I posted online that has all the jokes of the one scene. I cut it together with the real Rocky movie and super. Imp- I guess that's not called superimposed. That's called like dubbing. I dubbed the yeah, audio yeah. out of Rocky and I put my stand-up bit that and made it match all the different scenes, you know, with right, Mickey right, being right, a comedy. Right. I'm here to warn you, kid. You, you got to be really careful with the shot at your own TV show, kid. Like the Bible said, Bible. you ain't going to get a second chance. Are you Jewish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so is Jesus. Plus... You don't find out that I'm Jewish until Rocky Three when I die. So that was the original concept. And then uh, I decided I didn't want to do that. And then I started writing a one-man play where different moments from that movie spur my life moments, like different pictures, different, like not showing a scene, but showing a picture from a scene. And then I'm trying to think how it, and I think I, I shelved it. Like my po- old podcast listeners will know that that was like an idea I talked about and I had them right. very involved in it. And they probably think it. none of my ideas disappear. They're all on a computer. They're all in notebooks. And sometimes yeah. they pop back up and then they change a little bit, you know? Right, right, right. So like, uh, so that's what happened. So then when I met you, I was like, well, Jesus, this should be a two man play. Cause, and let's see how Rocky can tell his life story too. And then mm. I, I pitched it to you and you liked the idea. And then you and I started writing it. There you go. Sly that's walks off stage. Mike stands up watching Sly. Mike stands there watching Sly walk away as the lights come down, moving back to the two seats that represent the tour van. 
lights come up as Mike continues speaking, as he and Joe are in mid-conversation. Anyways, that's my first meaningful greeting with Sly. I've had several before that, but this was the one, I believe, that began the change. And then uh, then this podcast yeah. evolved off of that, thinking, right. you know, maybe there's a way to, you know, everybody Keep brands. Creative- th- yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody brands themselves these days. And uh, I thought this is, you know, a podcast is is a great way to, to connect with the fans, talk about your projects that you got going on. And then, like you said, Corona happened yeah. and you can't give any tours. When was your last tour? Well, my last tour was right before uh, Thanksgiving, I think. So I, even though I, I like I've been doing tours since June, I had a little bit of a lull from like, you know, March until June and I was doing 40 tours a month. And so to go from 40 to like, you know, less than zero, that was a little frustrating. So uh, doing this podcast is a way to stay creative. I think it's going to be a way to stay linked to that, I think, side of me that is entertaining to keep it fresh and i think it's it's a good way to stay connected with rocky people because that's the thing on my tours which are our private tours they aren't like mixed parties i get to talk with people who love this character so deeply and so thoroughly they think they know all there is to know of a rocky and like and they, sometimes do, do they ever know more than you or is that even possible has anyone ever came close unless sylvester takes the tour no no it's, no it, one's even come close not even close but there are people that remind me of things that i forgot because there's only so much ram <laughs> upstairs there's right. only so much room i got so like if i get a new microwave and i learn how to work a new microwave i've forgotten like like what give many... me an example of something you go oh my god i forgot about that so um okay pat one of the most iconic scenes in rocky is when gazo gives rocky 500 bucks for training expenses at pat right Pat There's stakes a, everybody in South Philly. Right. They have an actual plaque on the ground yeah. where Rocky and Gazzo stand. I couldn't, I blanked. Somebody was telling me that, oh, no, no, he goes to Pat and Gazzo gives him the money. And I was like, no, no, no. Gazzo gives him the money and the docks. And the problem, a lot of people, they said, Mike, how can you forget something like that? Here's what happens. My professional life for the last 10, 11 years has been steeped in Rocky. So when I get a gig, because I'm a Rocky impersonator, or as Sly likes to call me, a Rocky interpreter. And so when I get hired by uh, corporate gigs, I'll show up for like an hour and do the Rocky thing. I have to interact with people. But I can't interact as Mike. So I got the hat and the coat. You're doing the whole Rocky shtick. And you cannot use lines from the movie because people are asking you questions that have nothing to do with those lines from the movie. And when I first started, that's all I was using were the lines from the movie. So what I did was I used what Rocky said in the movie, what I would say as a witty person, and what Rocky might say. So I put it into a mental blender and out would come this form of something Rocky said in the movie. So 
Now I just forgot because I'm using different scenarios and bleeding them together. And I do it so much because I was very, very busy. I dropped the ball on that. And it's very embarrassing to drop the ball on something so integral into the story like that. So what happens? Well, it's uh, it's like similar to being a, uh, a comedian and being a comedian who's a pretender. It's funny that our title is called Pretender to Contender <laughs> yeah. uh, because there are comedians that won't show their mistakes. And I've, oh, really? o- I've always been a comedian that shows you my mistakes. If I make a mistake, I'll tell you, oh my God, I just messed that up. I'll, sometimes I'll retell a joke with and, and fix it and tell them, yeah. oh, I fucked that up. Or, right. you know, you just, I'm a, a very honest. Like if there's something in the backdrop or in the, you know, in the what I'm observing about the my surroundings, I have right. to talk about it and I've gotten in trouble in my career. If there's always some owner that doesn't want you to talk about that okay. that, that that thing over there. That he'll be like right. I, and I'm always like, dude, it's you open a comedy club, you gotta be okay with comedy. Like we're fucking right. We need to use anything we can to be funny. Don't take something away. So right. uh so yeah, there there's comedians that are uh bullshitters yeah 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 yeah. like the worst is when they're married and they get divorced and they don't know how to get rid of their act about being married so they're still talking about being married i'm like dude yeah start writing some divorce jokes like you're gonna lot that and they don't fucking know how so do you think comedians do you think some comedians are scared to go down that road oh there's there's certain comedians that are just funny right that they know that them telling the truth is going to be funny. And there's other comedians, you know, and Seinfeld was yeah. always one of those guys that knew, thought he had, you know, he thought he just had to do his act. He could not right. do his There's certain radio shows as a comedian when you come on that they want you to do your act. And there's other ones where they go, oh, no, don't fucking, like if you went on Howard Stern and tried to do your act, it, it would be a disaster. Like you would get your, the sh- you get ripped on. Yeah, you can't yeah, come, yeah, yeah. You can't come out and just start segueing yourself into bits. You got to be witty. You got to have that witty. You just got to be right? able. You yeah, like like an Artie Lang. You know, yeah. you, you know him too. You're a fan sure. of him. He's a guy that can just be funny. He doesn't need to do his material. It's a, it might even be better when he just thinks of something and talks. Like it's more in the moment and it's more real. And I'm trying to right. think where this conversation how did we start this conversation because it was about it was about it was you. about the play and how we're going down and i just i found it interesting what you were saying i just i wanted to know are comedians afraid to go down a particular road and then we segue to Artie, who was in my opinion one of the the funniest guys on the stern show i mean we could go down and down a road for an hour with that yeah i know no but there there was something we were talking about earlier when we were talking about uh writing of the play and how uh, the evolution of it? Yeah, the evolution. It was the of evolution. It. And how uh, I'm trying to think what it was of how fuck. Damn it! I wish there was a way you Sorry. could spin podcast back and look, and then spin back forward really fast. You're like, oh, I said that. They, and yeah, they right. know that's what's the worst. The listener knows. See, Listen, just they, run around your house backwards three yeah. times like Superman. Just uh, turn the rotation. Well, you to show, it. to be honest, here it's it's what's hard about doing these. Um, we're not on Zoom, but to everybody, this would be like doing Zoom, right? We're on a we're yeah. on a virtual video, you know, feed here. What what happens is to look like I'm looking at 
you or at the listeners. I this looks like I'm looking at you now, right? Of course it does. That here does, we're gonna right? look at each other, and I'm not. Look at us. I'm looking. I'm about. That's about literally about ten inches above my computer. So if right. I look at the camera, so it looks like I'm looking right at everybody and you. I can't yeah. see you because you're on my screen here. Right. So if I'm trying to listen to you, like I get all fucked up and then I, know. I tend to forget where I was. So uh, and, and interesting because my brother sent my brother is like the opposite of me. You know, he's like he's, he's a lot meaner than me. He sends me an email today that Jimmy um, Jimmy Fallon's numbers are at a record low right now came out in the news today oh okay and i was like give the guy a break like he's doing his show with no audience he's not he's not doing what he's great at his numbers should go down i mean you you watching any of these late night talk shows right now with no audience and they're doing all zoom interviews it's weird not a lot of people are watching that shit it's all relative because i have to tell you i hope our highest numbers are Equal to Jimmy Fallon's lowest number. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. Okay. But it's my brother relative. just. But my brother just goes, oh, he fucking shits on him. I'm like, well, oh. what the fuck? We're watching. He's when he's a Jimmy Fallon. You can tell is a guy that loves the audience. He's a yeah. he's, he's an audience pleaser. He's a super likable guy. And when you Definitely. take that audience away from him, it's gonna be hard. It's like uh, you know. Uh, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was that I was saying earlier. That okay. we forgot to talk about is th- that you invited me to come to the tour. Yeah, and I actually took the tour with three of my friends because you said once you take the tour, you're going to know more of what you want to write this play about. And mm. you said that the tour is like your one man show. Yeah, and, and it, that's it really where is. yeah, that's where honesty was coming in your into your. You're not your typical impersonator. You start telling your life story on the tour. Yeah, because um, I've known a few Elvis impersonators, and they're like weird guys. They you never break character. I knew a couple. Yeah, there's some people I know that were Elvis impersonators, and they were in varying degrees: fat Elvis, young Elvis, and so on. And they don't break character, like shopping. They just don't break character. So it was weird. <laughs> I, I never wanted to be that guy. Like yeah. I never wanted to have the hat on and the leather jacket, the fingerless gloves at like Shoprite. You know, in the grocery cart, just like throwing punches in line, waiting to get checked out, because it's is so as Rocky might say, mentally irregular. It it puts people off. Like, what are you doing? And so I always say to myself, just try to be as normal as you can, and when when you're out, and every once in a while. I don't know, maybe I'm affecting a Stallone look or whatever. Somebody will come up and they'll mention something. Say, hey, you know, you kind of remind me of like Tony Danza or Al Pacino or something. <laughs> and I'm Danza. just like, geez, Tony Danza, Angela, who's the boss? I mean, it's like, could you just go two more Italians down the list? We just, you got to hit one of them. I mean, at some point you got to hit Sylvester Stallone. But I think, I think the tour for me, I thought opening up and talking to people about how I got to be here, my story um, about wanting to be Rocky when I first saw him in 1979 on on TV, uh, and then kind of Forrest Gumping my way into this Rocky persona gig tour thing, which as we go on with this podcast, I'm sure the audience is going to 
discover things about us we're going to be talking about. Because the one thing I don't want this podcast to be is to be Rocky-centric, 100%. I know we're going to talk about it and bring it, but I, I think we're going to talk about a lot of things on this yeah. on this podcast. Well, I think that's why kind of like we became friends because there was a lot more... Of, you know, there's a lot more about me than just being a comedian, and there was a lot more about you than than Rocky, like a, a yeah. lot more. And I even think uh, that this uh, maybe I'm wrong, but the reason why another reason why you might have wanted to do a podcast is this is a place where you can show the non Rocky impersonator side of yourself. Yeah. You can be, you know, I I know uh, you probably didn't want to bring it up, like, but. Can we bring it up? Uh, the the comedian that that uh, yeah, can sure. we bring that up? My friend, yes, of course, so, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, so Sebastian Maniscalco, who I used to open for, and you and your wife were fans of, uh, did oh, yeah. an episode. Uh, it'd be funny if we pulled it right now. Maybe in post, I'll edit it in a little bit. Okay, because he said some. You know, he was really nice to you on his first episode recommendation, and this was actually a recommendation from one of our listeners. I forget the guy's name. Sorry, but I took his reco. The Pretender. It's on Amazon. It's a, it's a quick watch. Now, I thought going into this, I was like, oh, God, this guy thinks he's Rocky Balboa. Who the, you know, this is another straight jacket, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm watching this guy. You fall in love with this guy. Really? And he was great he, to me on the first episode. Yeah. And then on the second episode, you know, he wasn't Nutsack. so great. And you were nice to him. You sent him an email, right? Tell, tell the listeners what happened. So I knew... I know Sebastian doesn't look at his emails. No, you're not going to get through to him on his social media or anything. So I knew who his wife was, and I thought, hmm, she probably doesn't get as many emails as he does. Maybe she, he said something to her about the pretender, and maybe if I titled the email, she might get it and send it to him, which is exactly what happened. So you got and her email address. Yeah. And How'd the email, you get that? Uh, her social media. She, she's it's very accessible. Oh, yeah. okay. She's very accessible, and from what I can tell, she's actually a, a very lovely person. Yeah, she's super nice. So Sebastian gets the email, but he interprets it a little differently than how I meant it. Not as good as you interpret Rocky. Right. He's not. My, a, he's not a Mike right. interpreter. <laughs> exactly. I was simply offering Sebastian a free tour. I, By the way, and this guy, what's his name? Uh, Mike? Mike, name? Yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike. Mike if you're listening, uh, yeah, uh, listen, there's not going to be a no interview with me about you and Rambo. We're just talking about the movie, all right? We're not going to sit down and have a cup of coffee and take a photo for your wall. But, <laughs> all right? I was just comment. wall folks who haven't seen the movie, a special wall that uh, all of the special moments. Yeah. I was simply offering Sebastian a free tour. I, the way he first addressed the pretender and myself. Yeah, what Italian uh, guy doesn't want a free Rocky tour when they're in Philly I, anyway? You weren't saying fly over here. No, if he's doing a show and he wants to just you know email me or say he doesn't want to give me personal information, he just wants to email or something, okay, great. Hey, I'll pick you up and we'll go do a tour. I'll drop you off. We don't have to do no videos. We don't have to do pictures. Yeah. It wasn't about that. I like Sebastian. I think he's a funny guy. 
but I don't need a picture of them to, you know, live my life. Right. I really wanted to tell him all this information about Rocky because I yeah. thought because you he it. was a fan. He thought he and you know what's funny? He is a fan. And now that we're talking about this, yeah. Now on the podcast versus when we talked about it not doing the podcast, um, I realize now that and from knowing Sebastian and he talks about it in his act, so I'm not outing him. Yeah. He says that he's not a people person, that his wife mm-hmm. is. She's always inviting strangers over, and then he has to just go with the flow. That yeah. he's, he, comp- he calls himself a cat. That's what he compares himself to. He likes to kind of like hide, and that he's not outgoing, even though you would, when you watch him on stage, it looks like he'd be the most outgoing social guy out there. Yeah, but yeah he's yeah. a little bit more, um, what would be the word you'd call that? A, a recall? Introvert? Introvert, maybe a little introvert. Yeah, a little introverted. So uh, you saying, hey, we could meet up and give a tour. to uh, That would be like asking somebody who is claustrophobic if they want to share an elevator with you and it's a smaller elevator than normal. Like They're going to be like, oh. So imagine him who's a little bit introverted coming in the tour. He's probably thinking there's going to be six other people in a van and me. Yeah. How the fuck? They're not doing that. But he wasn't was- nice about it. Well, that's the thing. He was okay uh, uh, on the uh, with the first episode, yeah. but then the second episode, he has this other guy with him. I don't know, Ralph. What's Pete, his name? Pete. 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 I'm sorry, P- Pete. All right. So he has this guy Pete who saw it and he started cracking wise big time on me. Oh and, yeah. And I and I didn't understand that because everything he was saying, like goofing on me. Pete was saying, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Oh, my God, this happened to me. And I didn't understand why he was doing this. He was, I didn't, I, I didn't get that, but I, it, it, that's irrelevant. Well, that's because com- comedians are, maybe it's, I don't know if it's all comedians or just me and maybe me and Pete are similar, which I think we are. And I've worked with Pete a lot. I've known Pete for 100 yeah. years, and he's a great guy, too. And I was explaining to you that sometimes, because I'm guilty of it, comedians mm-hmm. hurt people's feelings by accident when they're trying to be funny and then the next thing we know afterwards every once in a while like i said the guy who owns the club is yeah. like you're fu- what the fuck are you making fun of they're not why are you making fun of my food they're not gonna like they're not gonna eat it now you know like so we when we go for the funny we forget about people's feelings big time you know yeah, so uh and, and he I swept the that. leg a little he swept and <laughs> no. i was ex- i even explained it to you i got dude i'm sure in a in real life he would not be like that that's him going for the laugh and he's a comedian and that's, yeah. that's what we do you know like it's all i can feel it right now doing our podcast right be very easy for me to shit on one of them like i could t- like that would be an easy way to go be like like rip but to be nice is is a lot less funny so it's like you don't go with that yeah no and, and i understand that and, and those guys were probably having a slow night i yeah. mean maybe they weren't thinking on but their I, game or but i do whatever. think that this podcast, i was an easy mark you know yeah and you even said to me i wish they you you kept saying i wish they i want them to know that mm. I'm not some weirdo like they think. And I said, well, a podcast is a way that people can see the real yeah. you and they'll know. So, and you know, that's all. And just yeah. let them think if there's going to be people that think you're this guy that who gives a shit. Right. No. And, and, and you and were fine with it. You were over it in like a half a day. Yeah, I, I really was. But, but, 
and people listen, you have to understand, mm -hmm. as this show goes on, you guys are going to learn a lot about me and my idiosyncrasies and foibles and how bizarre I am. I am a weird guy, and I'm an easy mark for people to kind of goof on, and I accept that. Um, growing up my whole life, I've been picked on because of this Rocky, this passion for this character, Rocky Balboa, this simple broken down fighter has inspired me to keep going at the lowest points of my life. And well, we can I, see it behind you, Mike. <laughs> you, uh, there is a marginal display There's, here. There are some things there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I the, mean, the, just that you have the green couch says it all. And it's folks, it's not the it's not even the fake one. Like that's the one from Rocky Balboa, the movie in the yeah, restaurant. It, yeah, it's it, the it, one it, they didn't you didn't make it. That's it. No, no, this is not painted on at some angle by gotta, some great painting. What if you got no. robbed by some guy who's an even bigger Rocky fan than you? And like, you better put some alarm system on that house, man. Someone, oh, some, I, I have some Jedis. I, I have Jedis <laughs> watching the house, actually. The whole house is sealed in a hyperbaric chamber. No, let me finish. Let me say this one last thing about uh, Mr. Menescalco, and then I'm going to move on. Okay. The, the thing about Sebastian is I was... I was just disappointed because he really liked The Pretender and he got me. He really understood me in that first review of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then when Pete started crapping on it, then I saw the peer pressure. I saw Sebastian break under peer pressure. Right. And I was just disappointed for like, eh, like you said, half a day. I thought, oh man, I thought this guy was stronger than that but it's okay because it, it like you said he was a comedian and here i was i was looking at sebastian like he was a rocky fan he is not he's a, a, he, not he's, a both of those guys are here they bring up rocky on every almost every other episode of their podcast i like yeah. their podcast and i've told them that i like their podcast and i've said it on other podcasts their podcast fucking hilarious they're great i mean well uh, i wish them inspiring. all the best I, I really do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't use the word inspiring, but I would definitely. No, I mean they. May, I, so, I wish them well. I, I hope they do good, and um, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking. Of, well, speaking of Corona and you mm. losing your tours. Yeah. So that's the same thing with me as a comedian. I mean, Jesus. I mean. Right. I've done a few outdoor things, you know, with heaters and crazy stuff, and 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 some virtual Zoom comedy and. Uh, valentine's day actually i'm excited because this is the first time i'm doing a combination of both where it's going to really be, it's going to be outside live on valentine's day two shows at the stress factory in new brunswick but we're going to also stream it so you could buy the stream if you were you know if you live oh, local nice. and you don't want to go there because they're fully, yeah they're outdoor but it's fully closed in so it's like a heated tent right so you're not cold at all um and they have food and everything, so you could take your wife there. But then nice. we're going to stream it out and see if uh, how many people would buy tickets with like it's like a five. He has like a full pimped out five camera shoot that we can stream out. It's not just like some one static camera. So yeah, go to uh, the Stress Factory's website if you want to go to that, or go to Joe Matteri's. I don't even think I have it on my website yet. It's so new. I just you got it. You told me something very interesting that I never would have thought of. When you were doing uh, stand-up very recently, there were these outdoor heaters, and the hum threw you off or made you recalibrate the way you did your comedy on stage. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was interesting. I never would have expected that. They had one of those... Um, they had the heaters in the audience. Those didn't make noise. But on stage, they had one of those kind, like on the sidelines of an NFL football game. It was like, oh, okay. a, it was like a tube 
and it yeah. ran on like kerosene and it looked sounded like a jet it was like <laughs> and, and, and the yeah. guy who the guy uh sold joel who runs it told me afterwards when uh, i think he had uh somebody pretty famous i forget who it was was there and uh mm-hmm. he has this huge tent where he's doing comedy out in Royersford, pennsylvania yeah. and that one of the because i got next to it and i go this feels like an airplane gig if like you know i'm on a plane <laughs> and i and i got next to it and i was going hey everybody if any turbulence comes because it sounded just like a jet and i had the mic right near the thing so it was picking the uh, sound up oh wow and acting like i was performing on an airplane and yeah. the guy told me a different comedian was messing around with that heater and it almost melted the cable for the microphone <laughs> right in half. <laughs> he said he had to run up there and give and pull the wire out and give her a new wire because it was like a melt. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's kind of, I don't know if that's the reason why I'm doing the podcast again because of Corona. I think... I, I I don't know. There was something about the the vibe we had together where it just felt very like there's certain people when you're talking with them where you're going, yeah, this sounds like a podcast, even though we're just having yeah. a phone conversation, you know? Well, it's funny you say that because I think the hardest thing just, you know, getting ready to do this right now, you know, we spent some time working with the website here and getting it to look a certain way. It's very difficult because you kept telling me to basically shut the fuck up because we had good things to talk about yeah. on here. And so we, we would go, we, we would start talking funny things and you remember it's, it's them? right. What were the yeah, ones so, I, what were the things I told you to shut up about knowing you, you wrote notes down. I did. I, I wrote some notes. So I, I, I have several things. I always keep these yellow legal mini notepads in uh, uh-huh. a, a pen near me. So, all right, uh, let me just read my own writing here. Uh, oh, here's one thing I wanted to ask you about, Joe. Um, on Comedian Wikipedia, uh, there's comedian a Joe Mattery section. Yeah, Comedian what? Wikipedia. I, you know, I don't. I don't even know about this. <laughs> I mean, Artie Lang is on there. Jim Brewer's on there. I'm probably Manus not Galky on there. Is on there. I don't have not, a Wikipedia page. I, no, I should you have do. one. I don't. Not, really? <laughs> Joe, okay. What's I, it I got say? the notes. What's it All say? Right. So it somebody had wrote in there that the reason that you you're an extremely funny guy and it says Joe Mattery's humor is Are you directly with me right now. No, <laughs> this is real. I don't believe you. You know, what, Joe, I don't interrupt you on okay. your rants. Okay. <laughs> no, this is serious. Uh, Joe Mattery's humor directly attributed to both his parents wearing clown costumes during conception. And I thought, that's an interesting thought. This is why you have such a great sense of comedic timing. Now, let me ask you something. Your parents, were, were they funny? I know your background to a degree, but did mm-hmm. they have humor? Oh, our, yes. All right. There was, there was always... Um, I've talked about this a million times in the past, but I grew up in a house where this was being yelled constantly. You're missing it. Get in here. Like anytime something, re- and it was usually like Rocky's on or uh, uh, <laughs> Adam Sandler's on MTV doing stand up. Like even when we were right. young, like there it was always a lot of Saturday Night Live sketches. My brother's nine years younger. There was a lo- always like Chris Farley and like, Tommy Boy and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber and like there was all a lot of 
it was a lot of my dad, my brother, and, and me. And my, I have a sister, but I don't talk about her that much in my act or anything. And my mom probably just a little bit. But, you know, there was always the three boys that were, it was a lot of comedy with us. Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, yeah. Rick, my dad loves Rickles. I love Rickles. And uh, my brother, <coughs> a little bit, is a... He's he's like a comedian who's not a comedian. Like okay, he knows everybody's act, and he'll know what's like a yeah. hacky joke and what isn't. Sure. Um, he just knows comedy just from having a brother, as your brother probably knows Rocky like crazy just because of you. You know, so, it's funny. It, yeah, it, that, it's funny you say that. My brother is he's um, the Rambo in the family. He's like first blood is what Rocky is to me to him, and so. Uh, whenever we get together, my brother's a very funny guy, very funny. He's not like funny telling jokes, but he's funny in the way that we all tease and abuse each other. It, because we grew up in a, I grew up in a house where there was no little to no abuse. I can remember my brother and I can remember two arguments that my parents had over seventeen years of living there. 18 years living there and it was over over funerals when their parents had died that was the only time we ever saw stress or any issues now years later we would ask our parents you know we never saw you argue it was never in front of us it was always you know was kumbaya it was very nice and my parents said oh no 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 we argued and fought do you remember how many stores trips to the grocery store we took yeah there were some discussions on issues <laughs> you know what i mean or when we were out playing or so on my parents had a way of conducting themselves that i was clueless about i i had no idea i thought it was this perfect little harmony thing and then i realized i and you speak so beautifully and and humorously about this in your stand-ups Marriage is a funny thing. When, when you're together, like your first year together, it's it's kind of like, what do you want to do, honey? Oh, I don't care. What, what do you want to do? But when you're married for 15, 20, 30 years or whatever, you know, love changes. <laughs> Things aren't quite so cute anymore. You know what I mean? And it's just, so the older I get now, you know, I know what my parents are talking about. Oh, yeah, totally. It totally yeah. you have, uh, totally. My, I think we had a conversation last night on put my parents on a speaker and my wife and I talked to my mom and dad. Yeah. And the more my wife and I are married, the more talking to my mom and dad feel like we're talking to two other married friends of ours, you know, like, cause right, now right. we feel like we have a lot more in common now, you know, as we're getting sure. old, we're, you know, it's like, it's like the gaps getting smaller, kind of like with my brother, nine years younger. Once like, you know, he was in his twenties. We could, yeah. Re- when he was young, we didn't hang out. So it's uh, funny. I'm so glad you said that because that's such a, a good segue into this little thing. Like that's one of the things I think I loved about the concept of this podcast. You know, we're in our early fifties right now. So life has changed drastically from when we were 23 to now. And I think one of the takeaways is how we view life through glasses of 52 or 53 years old. When I was 23, I had an Italian horn hanging around my neck. Now I have readers. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't have so, any gold anymore. I had all that no. shit when I was young. I had earrings. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I had all that right. shit. 
Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. have the holes from the earrings. It's like I hate even looking oh, really? at the, hole, the holes. Like they never go away completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. why I never got a tattoo. Because that's the only, insane. There's certain things I did that I knew my own neuroses that it would be a bad combination, and a tattoo was one of them. I know I'm a second guesser, so I was like, I can't do something permanent. Joe, how hard would it be right now if, like, I have to go to the bathroom so bad? Can we pause this and come right back? Can we do that in, like, post-production? All right, hold on. And we're back, and we're back, and we're back. That was a uh, a little quick bathroom break. Uh, 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 And I don't even know what's going to be, what they're going to have seen, Mike, during that bathroom break of yours. You know, well, I did leave the post. door open, so I don't you did? know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't mean seen in your bathroom. I mean what I'm going to put oh. on the screen during the break that you just took. Oh, good, because that was a number two, and that was devastating. Oh, Jesus, that was quick. Yeah, life. Yeah, it that, was. Jesus. Okay. It was. So we want to uh, we want to wrap things up with one little uh, segment here, and I think it could be Mike and I think it could be an ongoing segment. What is what does uh, from from pretender to contender? What does that title mean to you? If you had to really think about it, you could be goofy, you could be funny, or you you could be serious. It could be uh, it could be some something serious. But what what does it make you think of? And uh, we gave the voicemail number out that's on the screen as you see it, and that will always be the voicemail for this podcast. So yeah. nine five one. If you're not. Uh, watching right now and you're just listening on wherever you listen to podcasts it's 951-298-9899 that'll always be the number and you can call in joe that number again is (laughs) 951-298-9899 yes and tell them our patreon i'm well i guess we could we'll save that for the very end we'll save that for the okay we'll save that for the very end sure so uh who wants to go first here with what pretender to contender means (sighs) Does that All mean right, music? Um, no, Joe, why don't you hit the audience with the Pretender to Contender theme song? <laughs> you want that? Yeah. You love it so it, much. Just, I love this thing so much. What I do, I wake up in the morning and I <laughs> go down to <laughs> I go down to the local uh, frozen beat. Right there it is. When you hear this. This is what I work out to first thing in the morning. I love this. It's just, okay. It's free from music. Pretend- <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's free. We don't I, have to pay any yeah. rights to this. And I'm new so to pre- working this board here, so I hope it's it's at the right volume level where you, you can hear us talk over it and you can also hear the music. But it's great. I hit. love this. It's a hit. To me, it spoke to me instantly. So from <laughs> pretender to contender, I've always seen myself as a pretender of pretended to act and dress like Rocky when I was a kid when I was in high school I wore the hat and the coat and so I never thought I could become a contender in other words do it professionally which is what a contender is someone who is a professional so that's kind of my thing I wanted to be Rocky and now I interpret the character to a way that I can make a career out of I've always seen you as the contender. I've never seen you as a pretender. I've seen you as a contender because I've only known you as a high-end professional comedian. How do you see from pretender to contender? Well, to to uh, add on top of what you said and before I give my definition, 
Um, but you should you sh- you know from writing the play that we're working on that God, I can't wait for Corona to be done, and and it's going to be. You know, we have this great actress named Laura Spath who's helping us write it. And brilliant she, lady. She's brilliant, and she's going to be playing our wives in in the in the in the thing. It'll be like a three person play, really. Yeah. And um, God, uh, we haven't even talked about our wives and how instrumental they are yeah. to how we got here. That's going to be probably maybe the next episode. Yeah, we yeah. have a lot in common with that too. Our wives yeah. are very. Uh, are very uh, our backbones. Uh, yeah, kind of uh, very much so. They're working. Uh, where they have like a joystick and they just like kind of help us <laughs> in right. positive yeah. ways. They're like exactly. They're, they're probably mentally telling us what to say on the podcast right now. No doubt. Um, but in the play, don't you remember the scenes that I wrote where I was a pretender early on in my life, where I want I went from wanting to be Tom Jones when I was a kid, like and yeah, before five years old, then. Once I started loving comedy before I was doing comedy, yeah. I mean, I was listening to a lot of comedians like Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Robin Williams. I had all their albums, Cosby albums, Richard Pryor albums. I mean, I wasn't really trying to be them, but when I started to do stand-up, yeah. I wasn't doing me on stage at all. I was totally, right. if you watched a videotape, of my first five years, it was Jerry. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld was on stage. I was being what I, I thought. I it's it's even like as an actor when I first started taking like acting classes and stuff. I never knew acting meant being your authentic self. I thought acting yeah. meant be something completely different. Like be, I mean, that is kind of some kind of acting. Like when right, you know, Hoff, Dustin Hoffman plays Rain Man. But there's yeah. o- really good actors. There's always a little of themselves in there, right? Then I think so, sure. That's what it is. And um, there's something to being your true authentic self. And, I mean, that is what pretender to contender means for me, that nice. I feel like I'm a contender now, but only recently would I... Really? Yeah, that I feel like I'm really comfortable being me. Not only really comfortable being me, I really know who yeah, yeah. Joe Matarese is. I didn't used to. Like I used to let managers puppet me around and tell me how to be. And I would right. even now, whenever I try to work with somebody now, like that they're trying to like manage me or do that with me, like I usually have a moment very fast now. It's like immediate where I'm like, no, no, no. That's not me. No, no, no. Like you know, so uh, that that I had wanted to bring that up to you. It's 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 going to sound like I'm making a huge right turn, but it connects in a way for me because I watched I watched Chris Rock's new comedy special on Netflix last night with my wife, and it how was, was it? And it was amazing. Okay, her yeah. and I, her and I were laughing our asses off. It was so good. Oh, that's great. And it, and it's a re-edit of his special that was from a year and a half or two years ago, and then I read an article in the New York Times, saying that he fired... Well, I guess he didn't fire him, because the guy who directed it the first time yeah, was this comedian, Bo Burham, who a lot of people... know. He's this really young comedian, and he made this movie that did really well about these eighth-grade girls or maybe ninth-grade girls. I forget what it was called. Yeah. And, you know, um, he started directing comedy specials, and he directed it, and it was called Tambourine. And I thought it was great, but this one, I never seen a comedian do this. 
put the same special out and go and it's almost like what Stallone's doing with Rocky Four. He's re-editing the whole fucking yeah. movie, right? Right, right. It, I don't know if, but he edited the first one though, right? Or was yeah, he, he was well, a director. No, he, he was a director. Yeah, of Rocky Four. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, so Chris Rock didn't like the way it came out, I guess, because it really talked. It showed a ton of his stuff about getting divorced. So he toned it down. And what okay. I liked about the first one was I was like, I had never seen a comedian be so um, slamming of himself for ruining his own marriage. He was very honest. And I was like, this is almost more interesting than hilarious. Yeah. And but I and I loved it. And then this second one, he just put a lot less of that stuff and he put all this other material in that wasn't in it. And it. And it was like way funnier, I think. Gotcha. And it made me thinking of your true self. And, you know, so many comedians that are young, you know, and they, and they ask me advice sometimes. And like, it's hard to tell them to just just be yourself and don't do what you think you should do. Like, just be you and yeah. like not worry about right. it. Right. So that to me is is pretender to contender. And uh Maybe we'll start with this first voicemail because this, nah, geez, I don't know if I should segue into this right now. Maybe we should play the, the, the pretender to contenders, and th and then I'll play this other guy because he, I don't know if he knows who he is right now. This guy I told you about who's yeah, starting, yeah, yeah. I call him Johnny Questions. We'll 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 end with Johnny Questions because he just end with Johnny Questions. Yeah, he, and, and we'll take some of the callers who called in. Okay. So we had a bunch of callers, and I'm interested to hear. So which ones? Do you know who called in. Which one do you think we should play first out of uh, some of these people? Let's uh, let's lead off with my good buddy, uh, Jim Toscano, who was the director of the documentary about my life, The Pretender. Okay. And you haven't heard this yet. You just heard like a second of it, right? And no, just a second of it to make sure that it came through. All right. So I got to turn these up. That looks like a good volume level. Yo, Mike and Joe, Jim, the director of The Pretender. Uh, I love it. I like the uh, the podcast idea. Uh, pretender to Contender sounds to me it's about uh, people rising up and uh, going from an amateur to a pro in whatever they want to do in life. That's what it sounds like to me. And, uh, hey, The Pretender is just a good title all around. All right, guys. Good luck, man. Sounds cool. Looking forward to hearing it. See you, man. Jim Tisco. It'd be funny if we had only Italians calling in. So, oh, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Toscano, thank you. That is Thanks, Jimmy. Do you agree with what he said? I mean, that, that, um, you an know, amateur it, to a pro? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a very succinct way of looking at it. And it's also very subjective because, you know, I have this saying I say all the time. We, we are the sum total of our life experience at any given point in our life. So Jim is bringing that. Like Jim is really having an awakening in his career. He's doing so well uh, with his company out there and, and everything that he does. And uh, for him to sit, put it in that terminology, I think is very accurate and succinct. Okay. So we got, uh, you want to go to Stacy? Or do you want? Did to, she uh, call in? Stacy called in. We have a Stacy. We have a two-parter from Stacy Burke. A two-parter. Well, yeah, you know and what? That's all Sta we have, and that's all we Sta have. And then we have uh, Jerry Rowan too. 
Yeah, you know what? Let, let's play Stacy and uh, to give you a little background on Stacy. Stacy's I never met her. I, I I don't I only know her through social media and so on. Uh, Stacy is a, a, a nurse, I think, in New Hampshire, and she's also a writer, and she wrote a beautiful play that I literally finished before we just started uh, filming this little special here or the, the podcast. She wrote a play or a, a movie on about adrian oh you think you told me about this yeah about how adrian acquired the restaurant oh, no no you knew somebody was writing a movie about uh mickey uh, about mickey right there's a friend of mine uh from the uk he wrote this great screenplay and we'll talk about him in another uh, podcast but um uh, stacy wrote a beautiful screenplay starting up with Adrian and Paulie as little kids and how Adrian wanted to always be, have a restaurant. She wanted to be a, uh, you know, a maitre d' or whatever and own her own eatery. Oh, and then sense. it goes through, we see Rocky after the events of Rocky Five before Balboa. We see that part of their lives and how Rocky goes about acquiring the restaurant, Adrian's passing and so on. And it's a beautiful, brilliant script. And I don't mind saying, I actually got choked up and cried this afternoon when I read it. It, it was that beautiful. Well, you just Anyways, read it? I, what, no. See, here's the thing. And I told her this in a, in a, uh, uh, a text message. She gave it to me back in like May or something, mm -hmm. and I, I read the first 26 pages, and I knew it was excellent then, but I found a, a weird phenomenon happening. I found myself, I did not want to read about the death of Adrian. I had to be in the right mind space for this, to read it, and that sounds weird, but because I'm so steeped in Rocky um, mythology, it, it took a lot for me to get to this point where I could read it and handle whatever emotions would come from reading Rocky's death because you put yourself in those moments and, you know, maybe I'll talk about how close it hits home for me. So anyways, oh, wow. Joe, please go ahead. Play, play Stacy, please. Okay. Let's hear what she has to say. Hi, Mike and Joe. It's Stacy from New Hampshire. Thanks. Um, I love this idea. So when I think of the phrase from pretender to contender, it's immediately, um, it immediately reminds me of how all of us feel about ourselves and that dream inside, like that thing um, that we're not daring to do because we're all pretending something. We're all dreamers about some goal or wish. Um, and so I was, as I was thinking about this, to me, I guess the difference between pretender and contender is that journey between the two, that distance, because that's where the struggle is. <laughs> that's the emotional battle. Am I good enough? Am I talented enough? Am I strong enough? Do I have what it takes? Um, we all doubt ourselves, so we procrastinate and never dare anything, and that's at least how it was with me because life gets in the way or I'm too busy, but, you know, the longer I delayed, the louder it became. Um, for myself, I'm a prime example of a writer who never writes, right? So you can't contend with anything if you never write anything down. Some of my storylines um, and my movie ideas I had had since I was a kid. So now that is, some of them are almost 30 years old, um, but time just flies and flies. But then suddenly we had a situation with my stepson that was so scary. I was, I was left blindsided by how close we came 
to losing him. Um, And then at the same time, I was watching my daughter pursue her dreams without hesitation. And, And she had fear and she had doubt, but she didn't hesitate. And I was like, wow, she wasn't making any excuses. She was just going for it. So finally, between those two things, I, I officially started writing, and I finally actually finished a featuring script. But then after that, the weirdest thing sort of changed inside. Suddenly, it wasn't really important if my script ever got picked up or not. Just simply finishing it was the distance because now I had something I could contend with. I had something I could hand to someone and say, look, I I did this. So for me, contending isn't just about winning. It's about being good enough to stand in the room with the others, if that makes sense. Um, You know, you may not win, but you certainly did the work you needed to be to to do to be there. you know, so when you're 90, you won't look back and say, oh, that's what she meant where she said she got cut off. Oh, that, on, that, on her second. So that's her picture on the screen there that I, I put there up. I forgot go. I had it and then I put it up there. Yeah, she she really defines it really well there. Yeah, and, yeah. and it is touching the way she just explained it, because you and I also had a conversation Mm-hmm. where and and people should know this we really saw this show before we even wrote the title from pretender to contender i said it's some i want to do a show that's a, that it involves dreamers so we don't have to interview famous people like that i love the idea of a show where somebody is the guest who isn't famous but the yeah. episode's still worth listening to and it's still really good and yeah. if, and it's and I said it's those people and we you and I are a big fan of that moment mm-hmm. in Rocky where he you you say it best I mean he he says what it's it's about what when he sees the picture of himself as a kid and then he looks at the picture of him now oh where did it all go where did it all go? So he comes into the apartment. It's after he fights Spider Rico. He's throwing things around, and then he's standing there. He's got the bruise on his eye. He's talking into the mirror to himself with the fish who throws it down, and he sees that little picture of himself at eight, nine years old, and he takes it, and he just stares at it, and he looks back into the mirror, and he sees this beaten, busted face. Where did it all go? All those dreams that he had as a kid are gone, and here he is in this horrible apartment, in Philadelphia, alone, right. it stinks. Yeah, right. But then, where where is the line? The unresolved dreams. I guess it's Stallone when he gets interviewed explaining that that's yeah. what the movie's about is unresolved right. dreams. And I think Unre- that's what exactly. she's that's what she's describing here. Sure. And I think what was nice about what she just said, and I don't even think we need to play the second half of her message because I I get I get exactly what she said so much, which is you just doing it. Yeah. is the dream like that's what people right. need to know it's like you know if you're going to talk about anyone who's out there giving you shit a yeah. lot of times it's because they're not doing anything they're not that's, doing the dream they're yeah. not even trying it they're not even trying they don't even think that they're allowed to do what they want with their life or try something that's way crazy Right. They, just, they just live in this little, you know, we are dreamers. And I, I love, I always hit it off 
Yeah. It's probably musicians. I seem to always get along with them. And I think it's because they share that same thing inside where it's like, you know, which is great because we're going to play Jerry Rowan's uh, message next. He's yeah. a musician. He's always been a fan of mine. Yeah. And he, he's written songs for all my different podcasts. He's, he's got one ready. And he, he's going to probably, he, he sent me. He sent me lyrics today that he nice. added on that involved this podcast, and he's always so good at it. But I knew that one of the reasons we got along is he shares, you know, he's got a dream, and he was one that really sold me on. If you're just getting to do it, then that's you're doing. Then that's the dream, man. Don't you, you, don't, you don't need to get anything; it's just doing it. Don't you think so often in life we start out thinking we're going to be the best in the world. We're going to be the greatest. We're going to be the CEO. We're going to be the number one whatever. And then life happens just like Stacy mentioned. And then you realize, well, maybe it's not so important to be the greatest. I just want to be the best that in my world, not the world. And right. if I can be the best at whatever it is I'm trying to do, that's enough for yeah. me. And that, that, that's been my philosophy. And that's the beauty of getting older. You don't, you're, you're, yeah. You start living life that way when you get older, and it's that's one of the bur the beauties of it. That's what's good about this white hair. It's like why I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm happier now than I used to be. Let's see so your let's, friend Jerry. What I want to hear what he has I, to I, say. I, I got to hear what he has to say. All right. Hey Joe and Mike, Jerry Rowan here from Philadelphia. Ah, <laughs> uh, what does from pretender to contender mean to me? Well, it means to me when an artist takes their medium and their medium they have a love and a passion for that they that they do pretty much because they have no choice. You know, this is what they have to do because it's in them and they need to get it out. When an artist does that and takes it to a level of excellence, that's what from pretender to contender means to me. And I'm looking forward to see what you guys do with this concept. Uh, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, he's he's. No, just, I like Jerry. He's an awesome dude, man. The guy. I nice. mean, he's, he's come and see me live. Him and his. You're really? gonna love his wife too, because she's like. Yeah. She's as Philly as they come. Like she's got the heavy nice. accent. Like you would think she's a stand-up comedian if you meet her. Like she's. Really. Like, Jerry's more like he's quiet, but he can like he can sing and play, and he writes these amazing. He's like a Springsteen, you know. He you love nice. Bruce, and so do I. And he sure. plays the harmonica and like writes really deep songs you know and they're, nice. they're amazing uh so uh yeah so l let's end the podcast so i was telling you this other guy i know I, he he wants to be called the Birdman because he kind of Birdman like, kind of looks like a bird uh i got his picture here somewhere where is where's the Listen, Birdman's picture bird is the word <laughs> bird is the word bird is the word did he not send me a fucking picture where the hell did I put that shit? Oh, man. He's going to kill me if I can't find his picture. Oh, man. I do have I do have the bird, man. Damn it. You fucker. Uh, Arnold. There he is. There's the bird, man. Oh, you watch. It's not going to show on the screen, though, when I go to go to pull it on there. Maybe it will. There he is. Oh God! There he is, huge. There he is. Really looks. Look like at a, a melon on that guy. Holy Jesus! Really looks Jesus. like a bird. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, seriously, he's got like a cranium the size of like a Toyota. It's huge. <laughs> he's a very handsome guy. Yeah, so uh, he's a guy I started with doing comedy, and then he like he bailed on it when he was young. He was the guy to bring right. me to my first open mic. If it wasn't nice. for him, I would have never been a comedian. He found the Amazing. comedy works doing open mic, and I went. And and then I kept going with it, and he kind of stopped, and he's got this fire burning in him now that he's in his 50s, and he had like a heart thing happen like three years ago, and now he's like trying to pod, do a podcast and do stand really? full force. Yeah. So uh, I said, we're going to call you Johnny Questions because he's just constantly asking me questions about podcasting questions. and stand-up. Yeah, yeah. So I said, you should be on every podcast. Just, just ask all your fucking questions on the voicemail. So let's... Let's hear what Birdman left us, and that's how we're going to end the show. All right. Yo, there is a tone. This is the Birdman from Blackwood, New Jersey, trying to figure out which one of you guys is the pretender and which one's the contender. Either way, can you tell me how I could put some uh, text on my videos when I post videos? I'm having difficulty with that uh, in quick time or iMovie. Thanks, man. Later. That's awesome. <laughs> He's all about the water. I love it. You don't have the it. accent. You lived down. You've no. Scranton doesn't have that accent? No, no, no. We have a different accent. It's, it's Scranton. You know, we're coal crackers. So do you want to tell him how to put uh what's you want to know how to transcribe a uh, QuickTime video? Yeah. I See, here's what I, I bet know you don't about transcribing. Know. I don't know. I write. Okay? I pen and paper. That's all I know. Joe, Here's you're the... You, okay, you're the maestro when it comes to computers. Here you go, and I'm not great at this. This is the I have two different ways that I transcribe videos. Headliner is an app that's free. You can get the free version. Headliner, I think it's called headliner.app or something like that. Look it up, Headliner, and you put your video in there, and it transcribes it for you. It does it. And then you just got to go through it and make the corrections. That's what takes time because it gets it wrong a lot and the timing's a little off and you got to fix the timing. But Headliner is the one app. The other way is sometimes I'll just put it right into this app I use on my iPhone called, uh, oh shit, what is it called? In, uh, in-app? Shit. Oh God. I'm, I'll have to tell you, Jesus. How do I not know the name? It's because my, my phone is up there being used as my camera. See how I tell everybody the real? The camera. Secret. And I can't pull it off of there to look because I'd have to sh shut the camera off. You know what? But you can put there. it in notes. How can I put on that? On the screen. I guess I could add it in, in post. I'll add it on the screen in post, uh, Birdman. But there's an app on my phone where I, I can resize things because every freaking social media app has a different size that they want the video to be in. So you got to keep mm. changing them. And I'll just manually write the, the them on because that has a, you can write text on the screen. Just write the text and put it at the bottom of the screen and, you know, Type it all out, and it doesn't take that long. As long as your videos, if he wants to do whole podcast episodes, forget it. You're fucked. You Nobody does that. You can't transcribe the whole hour you, unless you're paying a service to do it. Which it's like the ultimate scrawl from Star Wars. It's just constantly the words just going back. No, but we're at a time now where you can send that shit off, and someone in a whole other country will do it for you and send it back to you right. for like for like twenty bucks. You could do a whole hour for twenty bucks. Uh, what's the answer now in 2021? Google it. That's all everybody says. Google it. Just fucking Google it. Why are you asking me? Google. Holy Google. shit, dude. Boom. Uh, 
I can low it manually right there. There we go. Oh, there we Jesus. go. Jesus, there it is. Thank God for edits. What a beautiful way to end this podcast. Oh, God. I was a pretender right there with the fucking sound. But you're going to be a contender. I'm going to be. I'm going to be unbelievable at this in a few weeks, everybody. So Joe, thanks. you're going to be undeniable at this. Undeniable. Yes, I undeniable. do like that word. So, everybody, I guess the one thing we really want to plug here at the end is uh, we're trying to get people to join our Patreon, and we're going to be offering them all kind of really cool stuff there, right? Patreon.com yeah. forward slash from pretender to contender. Mike's offering free virtual Rocky tours. Uh, he's offering live tours when Corona ends. Uh, all different kind of options there. Go check out all our tiers. Patreon.com forward slash from pretender to contender. And put this uh, voicemail in your phone there. Okay? 951 That voicemail, yeah. 951-298-9999. You Let's do it. that one more time. Yeah, so, no, come on. All right. And where do they go to book a tour if they want to come on a, a live tour? I mean, the Yo Philly Rocky Film Tour. Just type it in. Best one in Philadelphia. Number one tour. Come see us. It's a great gig, man. All right, guys. We did it. Podcast one. It's going. Put it in the can. And you crank the music up at the end. Good night, everybody. Good day. This song ever. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I mean, if I could get jiggy with it, I would. <laughs> All right, guys. Later. <laughs> Subscribe, man. I would love it.